Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence Strong Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 21 of Confidence From Within podcast. And I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And before we start, I would love to wish everyone a happy new year. Today is January 1st, 2021, and I am just so excited to be here sharing this wonderful new episode with you. And today my guest is Andrea Johnson. And one of my commitments to this podcast is to really help shift the weight loss conversation, not only by sharing my wisdom with you and bringing on experts and complementary areas of this field, but also by bringing you real women that have gone through the ups and downs of the journey to share their real stories, their struggles, their growth, their lessons learned. And Andrea is an incredible person. She has an incredible story. And I felt she'll be the perfect way to start the new year with so much inspiration and so many incredible jewels that she's going to share with you during her interview. She went on a incredible weight loss journey. She has lost 190 pounds over the last 15 years. And she went through so much personal growth. She did go on the direction of weight loss surgery, even though she very openly talks about it not being a magic pill, but in her case, it was a very important step in that whole process. And part of this podcast, I have made a decision professionally, but also in this podcast to not have a one size fits all approach. And I encourage you to do the same, to listen to different journeys, to different choices, to different experiences, and then pick the one that's most, you know, that resonates the most with you. And I think she's done a brilliant job at explaining her story, her journey, how surgery was an important step for her, but also other things like how she had counseling throughout the entire time and some of the strategies that she has used to get to where she is today. I highly recommend this episode and I think you will find it so inspiring as well. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Andrea. Andrea Johnson is a professional encourager. Her mission of helping others find true freedom is expressed through coaching, motivational speaking, podcasting, and building a global community of women helping women. 
She's certified by John Maxwell Team, an international leadership coaching organization, and her personal philosophy, Intentional Optimism, is a comprehensive approach to personal growth and leadership training viewed through the lenses of hope. Andrea is dedicated to organizational excellence, providing improvement and personnel development, and leverages her administrative and managerial experience in the university medical research setting to motivate, train, coach, and mentor businesswomen and entrepreneurs. Andrea's drive for personal growth and development is evidenced in her 20-plus years of professional goal-setting an accomplishment for her and her staff, and on a personal level, in successful gastric bypass surgery, down 190 pounds since 2005, in a three-year private adoption, adoption journey from decision to finalization. Without any further ado, here is Andrea. Hello, Andrea. It is so wonderful to have you at the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. And just for our listeners, I sometimes like to say or tell people how we met. So you and I met in a very, I'd say nowadays, traditional way, which is the internet. Yes, it is, right. <laughs> but also unconventional, right? Because our paths just crossed in the podcasting world. Mm-hmm. And I resonated so much with your, the things you shared with me and your message and uh, here we are, and I'm so excited to share your story, which Thank is, you. I think, going to be so empowering for so many women to listen and see what you've gone through in the last 15 years. But before we get into the good stuff, <laughs> I always like to start by asking you to tell our listeners, what does confidence mean to you? So I actually have been thinking about this because I've been listening to your podcast, oh. and <laughs> I will say for me, being confident is always at its highest when I am 100% aligned with who I am. So understanding my unique makeup, who I am, what I stand for, my strengths and my weaknesses, that's when I am the most confident. I dated a guy in college who said that the definition of cool was being yourself. And I think that I would like to conscript that and say the definition of confidence is truly being yourself. Because I think we are all more confident when we are who we were created to be. Oh, yes. 100% (laughs) yes. (laughs) That is music to my ears. (laughs) Absolutely. It's absolutely how I feel as well, is Mm. the acceptance of all the sides, right? That a lot of times there's that perception that confidence is putting forward your best self and hiding the rest, which in my, in my mind, that is impossible, right? But it's right. when you're in the wholeness of self. Right. The beautiful makeup that we all have individually. Mm. Yeah, so I love it. So, yeah. so good. You said it so beautifully. Well, good. I have, and I, you know, I have an adopted son. So we don't really, we don't, assume that his personality is going to be like ours. And so I keep talking about my favorite flower is the peony. And I keep talking about how how when it opens up, it's this little tiny ball. And then as we open, the more we see, and I love your, your concept there of seeing all the sides. And I use that in my work as a coach. But as the peony opens, it you see more and more and more petals. And it's just amazing how many petals are in there. And if we tried to limit the number of petals we see on a peony to the number we see on a daisy, we would really be out of luck. I mean, it would be a tragedy, right? Because there's so many petals on the peony. 
So, oh, that is so good. And that's actually my favorite flower as well. And it's all over my garden. It frames my backyard. And yeah, it's the same. Like, I'm always, it's a lot of cleanup because yeah. it's a lot of petals. Yeah. <laughs> always so amazed how that tiny little ball mm-hmm. becomes this majestic expression of the flower. Yes. So that is a fantastic analogy. Thank you for that. You, you, can, you can take it and use it. <laughs> I have some photos to go with it too. Yeah. Oh, so good. So the other thing I would love to talk about and let the conversation grow from there is really giving you space to share your story. And you come with a very specific, very unique story in the sense that you have, I would say in the last 15 years, gone through um, gastro bypass surgery. Mm -hmm. And that has tremendously impacted your journey but something that you said to me that I thought it was so special is that the surgery is a tool mm. but it's not a magic pill magic mm-hmm. pill mm-hmm. right but it is a tool that for some individuals could change their lives mm. so I would love to give you the floor so you can tell us your story your way less story <laughs> and how did the surgery impact you what was that journey for you in making the decision to go through it and then what happened after so let's start with before the surgery, like your weight loss journey, pre-surgery first. Okay. Um, my, wow. It's now it's starting to feel like a therapy session, right? Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my weight loss journey started from my earliest memory. I was the chubby kid. I was the one who um, always had the extra pounds, you know, um, mm. I'll date myself here. I, ordered from, so my parents, I grew up overseas. My parents were missionaries. So I had a lot of environmental things that contributed to emotional anxiety or not fitting in or being different. And um, I'm also a DISC consultant. So I actually, now I understand a little bit more of my own personality and why those things were important and why they impacted me. But our environment is huge. You know this on how we develop emotional intelligence and capability coping capabilities. And I started from probably elementary school. Well, no, I know elementary school. I'm trying to think how early in elementary school, um, soothing my own anxieties with food. And when you look back, you think, oh, Andrew, you had this storied childhood. You grew up going to Hawaii and over to Korea and Mm -hmm. traveling internationally and doing all these wonderful things. Um, But somehow something in there just didn't click for me. And I I couldn't handle... um, all of it. I don't know. Um, But there are also environmental and cultural structures that I think are difficult for some people. And when we don't fit into the culture perfectly (laughs) that we're either born into or thrown into, then we look for ways to soothe ourselves. And for me, it was with food. We took food with us and um, this was back in the 70s and the 80s. And so you couldn't get things like peanut butter or Jello or, you know, I don't know, all kinds of things. We couldn't get canned foods. You know, now Korea is an amazing technological wonder and extremely modern. I haven't been back since like 1990. So I want to take my family. But all that to say, I began sneaking and hiding food in my room, keeping peanut butter jars under my bed. Um, Peanut butter is still a soothing food for me. Um, And there's certain aspects of that that we just recognize and understand. But because of that, I was always up and down in my weight. Um, My mother, bless her heart, really wanted to help me. And 
would send me to school with, a, this is my famous story, a half a tuna fish and mustard sandwich, a boiled egg and a tab, and um, <laughs> maybe some <laughs> celery sticks. <laughs> it's a wonder I stole money out of the couch and bought, you know, ramen noodles or something. Right. Um, I mean, why would I do that, you know, with that kind of lunch? But, um, you know, it became weight loss and it became, a, it was a control issue and having the ability to soothe myself was extremely important. Um, and then as I became a teenager, you know, everything just gets more magnified. Um, I was a cheerleader. I played volleyball. So I was very active, but I always struggled. And then when I hit college, that's when I was by myself. They were in Korea. I came back to Southeast Texas to go to school and it just really kind of went off. I just did not have the ability to cope. And by my second year of college, I was probably, I don't know, over, I was over 200 pounds. And just, just for frame of reference, I'm not quite five, two. <laughs> so, and I wear a four and a half ring size. And so I'm, I'm a little tiny person, but I was not tiny. And, um, so that was when I first understood, um, I needed some help and I turned 21 in the hospital for uh, a 12 week inpatient bulimia and depression program. Um, I learned a lot and I, that was the beginning of my personal growth journey. That was the beginning of getting tools in my tool belt. It was the beginning of understanding how counseling could really help me, how things going on in my brain were what was affecting everything else. Yes. And so that was really my beginning. And um, so I, I, that was helpful. I, I lost a lot of weight. I did well. Um, but, you know, until you have it, it's a, it's a journey, right? It never stops. Absolutely. And yeah, until everything, until you get things really worked out as to why you do the things you do, why you eat, then you're going to continue to bounce up and down. And um, I, by the time I got married, um, I was, I was still doing well, eating well. And, um, you know, I was little, I was like 127 and um, I thought I was teeny tiny. And I guess I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not much lower than that now, but um, the first three years of marriage, when we, my husband's a pastor and we, we went to a, a small church in, um, in Baltimore, um, it was just very stressful and a lot of things happened and I just, I gained it all back and then some. And in 2005, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. No, 2003, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was upwards of 275, almost mm -hmm. 280, and knew for a fact that obesity has a huge, um, is a huge player in cancer diagnoses. And um, so I decided I needed to do something. And you work with hormones, you understand how hormones work. And for some people who are um, obese, there are hormones that really fight you in losing your weight. And if you don't know exactly how to deal with those and you don't know what to do, sometimes, and, and if you don't have the mental tools and that stuff to do what you need to do to lose the weight, sometimes you need extra help. And I mentioned, you mentioned that I see gastric bypass as a tool. Um, I really, I wanted to do the gastric sleeve or the, um, the, ring, I think. And my insurance wouldn't cover it. They're like, no, the, the, you, everybody gains the weight back. It's not a good, you know, and the only thing they would, um, that they would pay for was the full ruin Y gastric bypass. And I talked to my husband and I said, look, 
we've been married a long time. We don't have any children. Infertility is a sign of, you know, is also affected by obesity. And my mother's breast cancer is a very real factor. Um, and so he was very supportive. And I was working at Johns Hopkins at the time and was able to um, get a great surgeon and um, take care of it. So March 31st of 2005, I had gastric bypass surgery. I knew that it was not a magic pill. I knew that it was not the answer. I knew that it was a tool. And while before I had surgery, while I had surgery and after I had surgery, I was in full-time counseling. Um, and so for me, um, the first 18 months, I lost most of my weight. Um, I, there are different ideas on the actual number. I should have written it down. Um, and I can actually provide a picture for you if you like. It's on my Ooh, Facebook yes. page of literally March 30th um, because I was working at the school in the oncology center. And one of my doctors said, you're having surgery tomorrow. We have to take a picture. And so it's on my Facebook page, but I'll send it to you um, because most people are like, that's not you. <laughs> um, but it took me about 18 months and I lost most of it. But um during that time, I had a counselor that I saw almost weekly to work through the reasons why I got there in the first place. Yeah. And if you don't know what those reasons are, you will do them again. And so 15 years later, um, I have at one point or another um, gained some weight. I think the most I gained back was maybe 150. Um, and I am now at my lowest weight. Um, I'm right in the 122 area. Um, and I don't mind sharing that with people. I want them to know that it's possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm a coach. I am a women's leadership coach. I am not necessarily a weight loss coach, but what's mm -hmm. funny is that because this is so passionate for me, I have friends and colleagues who I have coached through gastric bypass right. just as a friend and I advocate for it. I do not advocate for it being a, you know, just a fix. I advocate for it being a tool. Just like when I, I wear glasses and contacts. If I didn't put on my glasses each day, then I wouldn't be able to see. And right. gastric bypass gives me just the extra physiological tool to be able to give me the space to think about how I need to actually think, act, do, right? Yeah. So I hope that's nutshell enough, yeah. but- <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And you said a couple of things that I think are so important and I'll just highlight a couple of them. But when you're talking about like earlier on about the peanut butter and how that food was soothing to you, right? Mm -hmm. I feel the more we talk about it, the more people are able to connect what mm -hmm. foods for them are the soothing food that could become a craving to fulfill that emotional void that they mm -hmm. have, right? Because once you learn what the or discover what it is for you and you have tools and counselors and others outside, it can help fill that gap without having to use the food for that purpose, right? So right. a lot of the things you said, that transformation, the mindset is the primary, you know, entry point in anything I do for weight release. Because if you're only thinking about the calories and the food and, you know, punishing yourself by not right. eating, you know, it's not a sustainable path, but it's also a painful one, right? It right. doesn't have to be that painful. Right. And the other thing that you said, and I would love to kind of dig a little deeper. Okay. Um, when you said that you talked to the counselor in terms of understanding what are the whys, right? Mm -hmm. That you got there um, and working on those instead of just sort of looking at the, you know, consequences or just like doing mm -hmm. the search and so on. What were some of those whys, if you can share with us that you discovered? Um, 
So I mentioned earlier that uh, there were some things in our culture and our um, community sometimes that make it difficult for some of us to thrive. And that's not to say that any one community is bad. That's not to say that any one community does anything on, on purpose, but when, when we have a personality wiring that might not line up with the way that a woman is supposed to act in a specific type of community, it can be really hard. And, um, I have been told since I was, you know, little, <laughs> my fingers, I forget that you don't have video. Um, mm. I, I, I I've been told that I'm too loud. I talk too much. I'm too opinionated. I'm too, uh, too, too, whatever. And um, from my cultural background, women were demure and women were supposed to be quiet and women were supportive. And yes, I'm all those things except for the demure and the quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And so to figure out what messages and stories and thoughts I had playing in my head, you know, you get a tape going in there. And, and, um, one of the things that was so helpful to me was an object lesson. Um, he made me go get a rock <laughs> and write down, he, he made me make a list of all the things that I, all the names I had for myself. And so many of them were very shameful. Um, and I don't not like super duper shameful, you know, just being loud. That's who calls that shameful? Well, it depends. Um, so I had a lot of shame messages in my head and um, it, it wasn't because of any one person or any one thing. It was just my situation caused those things to, to form there. So for me, it was figuring out what those messages were. And then he had me write them, put them on, like put them on the rock. And he made me carry that rock around for like two months. <laughs> and it was such a strong object lesson. At first I was like, these are the things that are me. Right. Um, and it, it was comforting at first until I had to carry it with me everywhere. And then it became a burden. And then I began to really dislike it. And, and that was the purpose of the, the lesson. Um, but so one day I was ready to be done with those names. I was ready to be completely finished with worrying about what other people think of me and uh, whether or not I fit somebody else's mold for, like I said, my husband, I don't know if I did say this, my husband's a pastor. So for, for me to not fit the mold of the pastor's life, and um, it doesn't mean he and I don't believe the same things. It doesn't mean I don't teach Sunday school. It means I don't look like a typical pastor's wife. And Mm -hmm. so, um, being able to release those, um, I actually went out on this pier and like tossed that puppy as far as I could. I was going to ask what happened to the rock. It's gone. It is at the bottom of a a middle river in in Baltimore. And, um, (laughs) it, it felt really good to do that. But I think what I discovered was, um, and I, and like I said, it's a journey. I'm 15 years out from this and, you know, I'm a coach and I do thought work and I have to do it on myself first. And 2020 was a big year for me in thought. And I had to realize that it's not just the shame messages that I may have had. It's like my expectations of what I think I'm supposed to be. All those are thoughts. And so those are the kinds of things that we kind of worked through and looked at and that whole time. Yeah, I love it. That's so amazing. And I love the rock analogy, which is Mm -hmm. something that people can actually do, right? And the Mm -hmm. concept of it gets heavier and it then it becomes a burden and you're ready to let go. It's a perfect visual of what those emotions, the tool that those emotions take. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I use my methodology of weight release, it's releasing all this baggage and all this weight that's holding you back, right? Through Mm -hmm 
a, a bunch of different strategies, but also through the acceptance of all those pieces of us, right? Right, right? And I think that a lot of times we have this idea of perfection and it's a very female trait. I think, we, you know, like you're always striving for excellence, but in such an unachievable way and, you know, finding contentment mm-hmm. in who we are today, not tomorrow when we look a certain way or lose X number of pounds, I think it's one of the most empowering things that I want to get experience. This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually, more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is Weight Release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs, and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. Well, and I want to speak to that whole, I'm going to be successful when I lose a certain number of pounds. I am 15 years, well, in March, it'll be 16 years Ooh. out, right? So 16 years. And um, I like, I, I'm, I love, I, some people don't like vanity sizing. I love vanity sizing. But <laughs> my, my pants are a size zero, you know, it's like, I, in, in whose world do I get to wear a size zero? But, um, and don't think I don't work hard for that, right? Because I do. Right. And um, it is, it's a constant daily thing. But I still, Juliana, walk by mirrors or walk by a storefront and take a double take because I don't recognize myself. So people need to hear that too, that even though we accept who we are today does not mean that our subconscious is ready to let go of that. And so I still walk by and go, oh, hey, look at that. Your, your tushy doesn't stick out quite as far as it used to 15 years ago, right? I mean, it just, but it's it's a constant journey and we just have to accept, that's part of the acceptance is that we're on a constant journey. Yeah, thank you so much for adding that. That is so important. And I think it needs to be highlighted, right? Yeah. So that, yeah, it's part of that set of expectations, but I think also brings ease into the mm-hmm. journey. Knowing that yes, you're still on the journey because that's how it go- how it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's this eternal process, right? Of, and I don't even mean self improvement in the sense of changing self, but self improvement, like we said, in the sense of every day a little bit more accepting yourself, and I think that's wonderful. So I mentioned very much in the beginning that you're also a fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and okay. what like what do you do for women and how you help as a leadership coach? So my podcast is is new, just like yours is new. And um, I have been certified as a John Maxwell team 
speaker, trainer, and coach uh, for almost two years. I work with women specifically, and I really like to work with women who are ready to just break through some barriers, uh, especially in the area of leadership. I think my dream would be to coach somebody into like a Senate seat or, mm-hmm. or I don't know, the next female president. Um, that would be really fun, but I do make it very clear that all women lead on some level or another, because we all lead where we are with our unique gifts. And I think you spoke to it just a moment ago, being able to say, this is who I am. And that's why I use that peony analogy. And I use the pineapple analogy. It's like the the way it opens up and it's, we have no idea on the outside that it's going to be sweet on the inside, you know, (laughs) and women are so, um, if, if we want to step into a leadership role, many times we think we have to be like a man or we fight the other woman to get there and we shouldn't have to do that. So um, what I like to do is help women recognize their unique traits, their unique leadership style, even if it's just leading at home, training and mentoring and leading their children, or if it's in a volunteer capacity or because I work with, I, I love talking with nonprofits. Um, but my podcast is really my content delivery and um, my way of curating information for the world. I am a curator at heart. I love pulling things together and helping connect people. So intentional optimists, unconventional leaders is just that. I uh, take about every other episode and walk through my own personal philosophy of intentional optimism. It has six tenets. And so I'm kind of walking through those and that's me teaching. And then every other week I interview women who lead in unique and different ways. We've had nonprofit women on there who like just went to volunteer and have taken over. Um, We have, I I had a girl on there who is um, teaching women in East Africa how to sew in order to provide for themselves and then selling them back here and beautiful stuff like that. But I also uh, had my, my last interview was a woman who works with international homelessness. So it's just really exciting. I want women to see that their unique skills are suited to leadership no matter what they are and that they, all they have to do is shift one little thing to be able to see where they can lead. It doesn't have to be in something big, but none of these women expected to be called leaders. And um, so, you know, whenever I say, so what's your earliest leadership memory? Well, I didn't really think of myself as a leader. That's perfect. That's what I want to hear because that's what other women need to hear that the opportunities are out there. Oh, that's wonderful. That's such a unique take on it. It's a wonderful podcast. And I'll make sure that the link is down in our show notes. Sure. And where else can people find you um, to learn more about your work and what you do? I am kind of on all the platforms and uh, my website is just theintentionaloptimist.com. And from there, you can get to my podcast, which is on, I think, all of them. I mean, it's now recently finally on Google as well. And (laughs) I I am on Facebook, Andrea M. Johnson. uh, I have a Facebook group, The Intentional Optimists. It's only for women. Uh, My dad says, can I come? No, you cannot. It is only for women helping women. And it's global. We have women from all over the world. And um, so I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter, uh, Andrea Optimist. So I'll, I'll give you all those. I think you have them all and you can share them, but, uh, and I, and I'm on Instagram too. So that's wonderful. I'll make sure to put all the links, <laughs> any closing thoughts. Like if there is a woman either contemplating gastric uh, bypass surgery, or maybe not quite there, but somebody really struggling in their weight loss journey, any final thoughts to share? 
I think that any tools that we can put in our tool belt, be it a program or an app or a gastric, something as quote unquote drastic as gastric bypass, it's your health is worth it. And I had a friend who really needed it. And she said, I just am not ready. Because with gastric bypass, that's the one thing we didn't talk about is there are things you do give up and you just have to know that it's worth it. And one of them is sodas, which you as a nutritionist probably say you shouldn't drink that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not good for you. Um, well, it isn't, but she just couldn't quite make that leap. And I unfortunately lost her to a heart attack. And um, so I say today is the time to make the right choice for you. Today is the time to do what you need to do to get healthy. You are worth it. So good. (laughs) That was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're such a tremendously inspiring human being and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank yes, you. like truly. And it's wonderful to see people. I know you're not 100% in the weight loss space, but of course your journey is. And to see success stories like yourself that come out of hard work, dedication and commitment to self and self-improvement. And that is absolutely beautiful. So I'm very grateful for your time. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.